0: As we prepare for the reception of the Lord's table, and as we have read much from Matthew's gospel, I want you to turn with me to Mark's gospel, chapter 8. In this postmodern world in which we live, multitudes of people say that, especially as it relates to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that the words that we are about to read from the gospel of Mark are obscure, unclear, ambiguous. If you read anything about literary theory today, you know that the oft-repeated phrase, the reader response theory, says that the meaning of the text is what the reader himself interprets from the text and could be in fact anything he interprets because what it means is what he receives it to mean not what the author originally intended. And so because we live in this postmodern world we are reminded again and again and again of the need for clarity. We are reminded again and again and again the need for an unambiguous word, a plain-spoken word, a word in which the word of the gospel is clearly and articulately proclaimed. When Jesus was teaching his disciples throughout Mark's gospel, it seemed to them as though they were the original postmoderns. They didn't understand. It seemed unclear. It appeared ambiguous. They did not know what Jesus meant by what he said. And so, in the middle part of Mark's gospel, Jesus, knowing their hearts, knowing that they were dull of hearing, decided that he would be clear and plain and unambiguous. And this is what he said in Mark 8 and in almost every chapter beyond it until the end of Mark's gospel. Listen to what he says in Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 27. And He strictly charged them to tell no one about Him. And He began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed. And after three days, rise again. And He said this plainly. Did you hear that? And he said this plainly. The authorial intent of Mark was to describe that Jesus was speaking plainly. And of course, we know that the text goes on to say Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Ironically enough, just after he said, You are the Christ. But turning and seeing his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are not setting your mind on the things of God, but on the things of man. Jesus spoke unambiguously, clearly, plainly. Chapter 9. Jesus, in verse 30, says, or at least Mark says about him, They went on from there and passed through Galilee, and He did not want anyone to know, for He was teaching His disciples, saying to them, Jesus' own words, the Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men, and they will kill Him. And when He is killed, after three days, He will rise. But the postmoderns of Jesus' day, according to verse 32, but they did not understand the saying and were afraid to ask Him. Chapter 10, verse 32, And they were on the road going up to Jerusalem, and Jesus was walking ahead of them, and they were amazed, and those who followed were afraid. And taking the twelve again, He began to tell them what was to happen to Him, saying, See, we are going up to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn Him to death and deliver Him over to the Gentiles and they will mock Him and spit on Him and flog Him and kill Him and after three days He will rise. It is plain. It is clear even to a postmodern mind. And Jesus said to them, The cup that I drink you will drink, and with the baptism with which I am baptized you will be baptized. But to sit at my right hand or at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared. Verse 41, And when the ten heard it, they began to be indignant at James and John. Dull of hearing, not understanding, preoccupied with their own preeminence. Jesus for the third time has said, this is what will happen, this is what I will do, this is what is going to happen to me, I will be killed, and I will rise again after the third day. This is amazing. There is absolutely no ambiguity to this whatsoever, and they don't understand. Chapter 11. Verse 27. And they came to Jerusalem, and as he was walking in the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came to him, and they said, By what authority are you doing these things, or who gave you this authority to do them? Why did they ask such a question? What were they wanting? What were they after? Look back at verse 18. And the chief priests and the scribes heard it, heard of his teaching, heard of his ministry, heard of his words, and were seeking a way to what? Destroy him. Kill him. For they feared him, because all the crowd was astonished at his teaching. It was all coming together. Everything that he had said was occurring. Chapter 12. Verse 1, and he began to speak to them in parables. A man planted a vineyard and put a fence around it and dug a pit for the winepress and built a tower and leased it to tenants and went into another country. When the season came, he sent a servant to the tenants to get... From them some of the fruit of the vineyard, and they took him and beat him and sent him away empty handed. Again, he sent to them another servant, and they struck him on the head and treated him shamefully. And he sent another, and him they killed. And so, with many others, some they beat and some they killed. He had still one other, a beloved son. Finally he sent him to them, saying, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. And they took him and killed him and threw him out of the vineyard. Verse 12, And they were seeking to arrest him. Chapter 14. Verse 17, and when it was evening, he came with the twelve, and as they were reclining at table and eating, Jesus said, truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. Verse 43, and immediately... Chapter 15, verse 24. And they crucified Him. And they crucified Him. Mark chapter 8. 9, 10, 11, 12, 14, 15. Unambiguous, clear, compelling. Jesus predicted His death. They carried it out. Everything that He had said, plain speaking. And in chapter 16... Verse 6, And an angel said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. The clear and compelling message of the Gospel of Matthew, to which we have read so much, and from the Gospel of Mark, even to a postmodern mind, must be and is clear. There is no way around it. The Word of God speaks plainly to the matter of the death of Jesus Christ. He is crucified, and yet He is risen. He is not in that tomb. What do you do with the plain speaking of and about Jesus Christ? Are you postmodern? Do you believe that all of these passages are only what you make of them? Is the reader response of your heart? I don't understand. I'm still pursuing my own preeminence. I don't get it. It's not clear. There's ambiguity here. It's not plain to me. Jesus says otherwise. And do you believe? You believe that Jesus Christ is the God man. This is the gospel. This is the good news that Jesus is who he said he is. And believing in him, you might have life in his name. If indeed the middle. And throughout the rest of the Gospel of Mark is a plain-spoken declarative that Jesus Christ went to Jerusalem, He went to that cross, He went to that grave, and yet He was raised up from it, then no postmodern mind can get around the fact that Jesus Christ is alive And if he is alive, and he is, what's your response, postmodern man? Well, if I were you, I would do just as Jesus has commanded. And what has he commanded? Mark chapter 1, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel, repent, turn from your sin, and believe in the gospel that Jesus has so clearly proclaimed. You say, I am a believer, then I invite you with me, all believers who have repented and believed in the gospel, to celebrate with us this, His table. Let's bow together. How could we be so dull of hearing, Lord? Are we like these disciples who didn't understand even the plain words spoken by Jesus? Is it obscure to us? Ambiguous? We think not. Jesus, You have spoken. We must obey. We are to repent and believe in the good news that You plainly spoke to us and to Your very own So long ago, you would die. You would go into that tomb. You would be raised again on the third day. And so did the angel say to our hearts, just like theirs, Whom do you seek? This Jesus of Nazareth, He is not here. He is risen. We serve You because we seek You, the risen Christ. In Your name do we pray. Amen.